You are listening to LMC Cast, a production of LMC Media. My name is Stephanie Cole. My name is Heather Capel. My name is Alyssa Miles. And my name is Brett Young. In honor of Women's History Month, we'll be examining just a few of the examples of the female entrepreneurial spirit in Larchmont and Mamaroneck. These are women that have weathered the storm of the COVID pandemic, as well as continued to work on improving our community. For decades, Palmer Avenue has been a vital hub for business on Larchmont's north end. Running parallel to Boston Post Road, this stretch of retail fronts has seen its fair share of change over the years. From the closing of the area's iconic movie theater to the tragic fire that took several apartments as well as two clothing stores, all this before a global pandemic. Despite, or possibly in spite of all this, Stephanie's Closet has done more than just survive. Over the near decades since its creation, Stephanie Cole has impressively upgraded her one-woman business into a local staple, building one of the most unique businesses on the app in the process. I'm from Rockland County. I was born in New York. I've been in retail since I was 15. I ended up moving here in 2007 after I got a job in 2006 here in Westchester. I find Stephanie's story one that a lot of us can relate to. There's a touch of indecisiveness, but she never disregarded any of her past experiences. I did um, psychology, sociology, fashion and psychology when you come to think about it. Yeah. It, it all intertwines somehow. The working with the mentality of people and the way that they want to dress and trying to, I guess, helping them get into the clothing that they want. So I guess taking all the courses I did in college before I went to the Fashion Institute of Technology in New York, it kind of just all went together. When I started the business, more or less, it was honestly because I couldn't find a job. I had a lot of experience in what I was doing from my last job that the honest answer is nobody wanted to hire somebody with my experience. Nobody wanted to pay me. So the next step was to open my own business and to give back to the community what I learned. Well, actually, I worked in the town for four years before I opened, so I was already in Largemont, so it just made it easier to stay in Largemont. So I looked for a space here in 2010. I found one, and as time went on, I kind of just ended up, I'm now in my third location on the same block on Palmer mm -hmm. Avenue. Nowhere else it would have made any sense since I knew the kids as they were growing up and getting older. It just, it made sense to stay in Largemont and just continue here. Having had been a part of the community for so long, Stephanie was able to recognize a niche that needed feeling and did so with her focus on teen fashion. While Stephanie represented a stable, strong presence that emerged out from the community, I felt important to gain the perspective of someone who began as a sort of outsider. I needed to look no further than Mamaroneck's own Heather Capel. I'm the owner of Artistry Performing Arts here in Mamaroneck. I am originally from a tiny town in Northwest Oklahoma called Nash, population 100. <laughs> um, the high school that I went to was two towns combined and I still only graduated with 12 people. So more, more cattle than people where I'm from for sure. So how does somebody from a small town in Oklahoma find themselves so enthralled with Broadway? <laughs> <laughs> I know, you know what? I really think that it was just innately who I was. Um, 
I was taking piano lessons when I was five, mm -hmm. and the piano teacher pulled out the um, vocal selections from Annie and said, do you know these songs? And I was like, well, of course I know these songs. I have this album at home. Because when the touring companies would come through Oklahoma City, my, my mom, my grandmother, they would always take me. So um, I really did come from a very you know arts-forward family, even though I lived on a farm. And so she pulled out the vocal selections and said, sing that, sing tomorrow. And I belted my little five-year-old face off. And, and that's when everybody sort of discovered I could sing. Somehow nobody really knew it until, until that moment. To be, to be completely honest, like I worked in a studio in New York City for 14 years and sort of rose up the ranks to not only teach and direct, but also run um, the business side of things. And, and we bought the studio from them. So mm -hmm. that was really um, a gift, starting out as a business owner that I, I didn't, I truly didn't start from scratch. Mm -hmm. I, had, I had been working and learning and, and understanding it for a long time. While both women couldn't have come from more opposite of backgrounds, as much as their business models even, both share the same sense of success. In order for us to see what it's like to still be striving for that sense of accomplishment, we look to Alyssa Moyles, who's currently a senior at Boston University. Like many in our generation, Alyssa and I's college years were thrown a wild curveball when the COVID pandemic halted all in-person classes as well as canceled countless abroad programs. Oh my God, that's like the issue of my professors every day as we realize halfway through that we're not actually recording. Through her Masks for Money initiative, Alyssa was able to provide a direct source of relief to those who were truly struggling most during the pandemic. I was studying abroad last spring. So I was in London I came home in like the middle of March and I was pretty disappointed. And I'm a person I like to, have like a purpose and I like to have stuff to do so it was really hard to come back from like I had an internship in London and I was having a great time to come back to having absolutely nothing and I didn't really realize how bad it was especially where we live like three miles from New Rochelle in March so when I came back my mom and I were talking and she's a job search coach at Yonkers Public Library and we were just saying how many people like you could already tell March how many people this was going to affect and just what could we do and she was like what if we started making masks one aspect that I did find all three of these women shared was their capacity to overcome doubters and persevere through insecurities. I feel like the beginning was just confusing because everyone was like, not everyone, but my my dad was like, what are you doing? Like, you don't sew, you have no experience in this. And it's true, like on paper, we have, we're the last ones to be thinking about this, but we weren't thinking of it from like, we have experience in sewing and making masks and all that. We were more thinking of it in a, how can we get people employed way? So it was a learning curve of like the first batch of masks I remember were, they they weren't great. I don't think we could sell them. And like, that was our fault. Cause we had to figure out this is like the best pattern to cut out. Cause we, for the seamstress, we ironed out the fabric and we cut everything out. So like we would drop off bags at their house of everything all set to go. So like they didn't have to like go and buy fabric and buy elastic and the little nose wire that's in a mask. Like, so just figuring out the construction of a mask like was surprisingly difficult, but ended up great, so. When we first opened, it was more or less people were like, they weren't sure, because we were in a very small space. We were like in a space that was 265, I think, square feet. It was like the size of a very small closet. Um, I think 
customers like wanted to shop, but since like we literally opened right before Christmas, not a lot of inventory, not a lot of things. People were happy to see me again, but they were also like worried. Like, would I make it? Would I not make it? Six months went by, we still were there. Two years hit and then we moved into a bigger space and then people were more confident the fact that I knew what I was doing and people started coming in more. You know what's really funny? Um, I, I often say this, as much as my father didn't want me to be an actor, I'm like, it's not a whole lot different than being a farmer. Being a farmer, there's, there's, there's no, uh, you never know what, you, you know, you're, you're, you have to do with the weather and the, you know, and what's happening with uh, stocks and, and the price of wheat and the price of, like, there's no guarantee. You know, New York was, a, was you know, the biggest pond that there is, but I, but I also, it also really opened up my eyes to other things that I could do artistically and things that really, if I, if I thought long and hard about what really fulfilled my soul, um, it, it, was, it was teaching. So it was exciting to, uh, to have that opportunity to see. But the fact that I always, um, you know, I sort of grew up in a family with that entrepreneurial spirit, even though I didn't re we didn't ever put that word to it. Mm. I think that I knew that I just always have been the kind of person that's like when I put my, my mind to something, I, I know that I can do it. I sometimes um, forget that I ought to be scared. I mean, like, who, who moves to New York City with two suitcases into an apartment with a roommate you've never met? Like, who does, who does that? I do. I would say, I mean, we're in our third location now. We're definitely 3,000 square feet bigger than both of our other stores. I think our, my confidence level has definitely gone up. And I think the customers are happy that we're here. I think they'd be sad if we left. The courage it takes to start a small business is always admirable. Though what I wanted to better understand was what kept each of these women so committed to each of their endeavors. Why someone from the Midwest would choose Mamaronik as a home for her family and business. Also, what I loved about Mamaronik was even though this isn't like Nash, Oklahoma. It's still a small town. Mm -hmm. um, and I loved that feeling of knowing your neighbors, being part of a community. My kids go to Rynak, you know, which is, thank goodness, because, you know, I would, they would be fine wherever they went. I would have a heart attack thinking they were graduating with 600 people. For me, and I don't mean this to sound cheesy at all, but like, it's, it's just, it's just such a privilege to, to get to serve um, the families of this community and you know and give these kids a place where they can feel safe and feel valued and where they get to do what they love in regards to Alyssa and stephanie what was it that motivated them and drove them on a daily basis i honestly didn't even realize at first i was like oh this will be great i'll have something to do during the summer my summer internship was canceled i'm helping people and then i realized like much more than that, like I got to, I since COVID, I didn't really get to meet all the seamstresses, but I met like our head seamstress, her name's Liliana Garcia. And she was like speaks English and Spanish and just, she was incredible. And I actually got to meet her and we had like a little conversation and I just realized like, it's really cool. I've been involved in stuff in high school, in volunteering and in college, but never like able to see a direct impact that fast. And then, the initiative started in March and then we still have masks now, but like it's kind of teetered off a little bit. So I would say from March until October, 
like we saw that we raised over $13,000 and you know that that money is directly going back to the seamstresses and the community research center, which is really cool. I really love that. In the case of Stephanie's business, I saw not only a sense of community that she'd built with her customers and the town, but with her suppliers as well. To start, like we have this one company, Top Trends, two brothers from Long Island. So I buy, we buy a majority of our stuff from them. We have this company inked by Danny, who is actually done by my friend's granddaughter. She, um, <laughs> she started the business in college because she was drawing on people. And her friends told her that she should do this for a living. She's been in business now, I think, for four or five years. Big hit all over. She's like featured in magazines. She's in Bloomington, like everywhere. We have these bath bombs, the bomb fizzers, done by two individual sisters that decided that they wanted to do bath bombs because the ones that they were buying in the stores weren't good enough. So each bath bomb has a surprise inside. Fashion Angels is one of our other big companies. It's uh, done by two sisters started the business and the third sister sells everything. I feel like if I help individual people, then it helps me just because it's, me being an individual person that started a small business, it's also helping other people that are small businesses. Much like how our appreciation for women should extend beyond the month of March, so should our admiration for their historic impact. Back in 1979, the New York Times recognized the increasing frequency at which women were opening their own businesses in the Westchester suburbs. So what does this mean for us today? In essence, our area would simply not be what it is without the female entrepreneurial spirit. Without the efforts of women like Stephanie, Heather, and Alyssa, our community wouldn't just have empty storefronts and studios. We'd be missing out on the more minute aspects of what it means to be a community. That familial sense of neighborly trust or the support systems that help us out in our darkest times. Whether it be providing a safe space to express ourselves through art or opening a new avenue of income to those struggling from the hardships of the pandemic. For wherever you go, you have to research it, make sure where you go, you'll last. If I just opened up here without knowing what I was doing, I don't know if I would have survived or not. I just knew that I was okay here because I was here already for four years. So it kind of was easy to settle in. But just to have something, once you have an idea, not to like brush it off and be like, oh, that seems too difficult to start to actually do it. Because like, pe like people were telling us, they're like, why are you doing this? Like, just let someone else do this. People can buy masks by themselves. And we actually did. We just got the ball rolling and we started and we did not look back. Don't discount any experience as a learning tool that you're going to use later. Um, I really believe that every step on that journey is exactly where you're meant to be. And just open yourself up to, I mean, even the, the times that it's hard and the, and the parts of whatever job you're in that, that, that you don't love, you, you have no idea when you, when you do, when it does become your own. So just to go into it and not to like feel bad because it's a really difficult time and you might not be able to have the internship you want or job or just feel that fulfilled but if you can find something to do yourself and it, even if it's not like wow this is my ideal summer whatever job or anything 
to make the most of it. <laughs> you learn what you want to do and you learn what you don't want to do. You are always responsible for the energy that you bring into the room. I mean, it's hard trying to start a business and do everything, but once you get into it, I mean, I love doing it. If anybody ever wanted to know, the easiest thing to do is come in and ask me because I'm still figuring it out after 10 years. We hope you enjoyed this LMC cast honoring Women's History Month and our local entrepreneurs. Stay tuned. We hope to continue to provide community stories that feature your inspiring neighbors. I'm Brett, and this has been a production of LMC Media.